You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by special guest today, NFL insider Adam Kaplan, at Kaplan NFL. Adam, how are you doing today? Good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we could, we could talk about the Jets because uh, I've talked about them a lot, but not recently, uh, whether I was doing interviews with their website and, and radio in New York and that market. Uh, this is It's a good, good time to be a Jet fan. I can't always say that, as we know. But I'm telling you, it is a good time to be a Jet fan, and they're going to be better this season. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's been exciting this week. Obviously, mini camp wrapping up here. Um, you know, actually, you know, a couple hours ago, and I've, after a uh, an interesting first couple practices of OTAs that were open to the public, where Zach didn't uh, Zach Wilson didn't look great. He looked a lot better the last couple of days. Um, you know, it's always funny when you see. It's always funny during training camp and OTAs and mini camp, as you know. Of, you know, the offense does something well and you get excited um, and then you realize it might because the defense did something bad and, and vice versa. Um, we've got to mention, you know, it's an exciting time to be a Jets fan. They obviously had a pretty big headlined offseason, especially during the draft. Free agency was more of um, actually very unlike Jet moves. It was like very stable, you know, good NFL league starters at, at a reasonable cost. What was your kind of biggest takeaway from the offseason as a whole? Is there anything that like, stood out that you were more excited about than, uh, than other moves? I would say that Joe Douglas stayed by his plan uh, to build for the draft, not through free agency. He's going to take the old school approach, just like his mentor, Ozzie Newsom did. Uh, you, you, you really have to build to the draft and you, you, you take your shot in free agency when, when you have to. Uh, they did last year. They did this year. Uh, not a ton of moves, but you know, they got some guys back from injury. I like I like the tight end moves with Uzama and Conklin. They're going to play a lot of 12 personnel, which is two tight ends. This is really the Shanahan system. Uh, you'll see a lot of that. Uh, but the, the draft to me was the one where I, I was doing uh, television for uh, a company called uh, Sports Grid, one of the companies that I work for. And I, they wanted me to grade the draft. And I said, I got to tell you, the Jets not. In fact, I said after day one. Day one or day two. Yeah, actually, after day one, I said they could they could just stop right now. They did so well. I just uh, it was just one of these things. Will where I I don't want to say I've made fun of the Jets uh, over the years, but I would tell the truth. Uh, you know, I, I find out stuff, so I you know I, I'll talk about when they've really screwed up and so forth. But it's the first time, and I don't know how long my twenty years of covering the National Football League. Not only can I not criticize them, I mean I would stand up and applaud. I just I thought Joe Douglas nailed it. And here's another thing is. When is the last time, Jet fans, you looked at 
their draft and said, wow, I think they got literally the best player at their position on their board. Like, how's that even possible? Well, they did it based on what I knew uh, leading up. And then after the draft, uh, got some stuff confirmed. And then Joe Douglas, I think, went on the record and talked about some of this. Uh, so the fact of the matter is, um, when, when Joe Douglas talks to uh, the media there, he tries to be as honest as he could. And I don't think he was you know, not being honest. I think he talked about how, how high he was in some, the players that they drafted. And I, I know that talking to people around the league that know the Jets, he's, he's, he got who he wanted. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a roster, Will, that's clearly a lot better than last season. Yeah, it's interesting. They you look at guys like you know Sauce Gardner being, um, you know whether you talk to some people in the building, there was a lot of people that liked Derek Stingley, but Sauce Gardner was a name that kept popping up over and over again, especially the last week or two. It picked up a lot of steam, and then um, Jermaine Johnson was a guy that, you know, I don't think they wanted to take it for. Actually, I know they didn't want to take it for, but it, they would have taken him at ten um, had both those receivers been off the board. Theoretically, they were able to get both guys, um, and so that's obviously a huge plus there. Um, in, the, in terms of free agency, I know you mentioned a little bit of the Jets obviously building through the draft. Was there any of the moves in free agency that they made that kind of stuck out to you? I feel like the Tomlinson signing was just another guy of bringing over, you know, that perfect scheme fit has obviously succeeded. Um, and I guess I'm going in hand in hand. Are you any concerned at all about Elijah Vera Tucker now moving first? Like played right tackle, left tackle, USC, obviously was, you know, came in as a guard and now is going to be moving opposite guards again. Um, so three positions in three years for a 22-year-old. I mean, he's a guard. That's the way he was drafted. That's the way he's supposed to play. I know he played tackle in college, but their, their thought talking to the Jets was that he'd be a guard for the totality of his career. That's going to happen. Uh, I, I like that they added um, some depth. They, they brought back Feeney. They, they claimed Nate Herbert, who obviously knows Joe Douglas very well, who, who's a quality backup center slash guard. Uh, Adogo's uh, a decent backup tackle. Uh, they just feel better about uh, the interior of their, their offensive line in terms of the depth. Uh, Tomlinson's a decent starter, slightly above average starter. Uh, the, 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 one, the, the one guy that doesn't get talked enough about is George Fant, who when he first got there, there were questions about the contract. Are they serious? Is he a left or right tackle? He could play both. He's played both. And I think if you're a Jets fan, you should say, thank goodness that they brought him in because with Becton's injury and his weight, they needed to play left tackle and, you know, you saw what he did. I mean, he did a very good job. So um, that Connor McGovern's got to play better than he has. And we know he's been hurt, but he's got to play better. The line, let's put it this way. The line that Joe Douglas took over being charge of the roster and their offensive line, just in terms of putting it together, what it is now is much better, but it needs to, it needs to play at the next level uh, for the type of offense that Michael Ford is going to run, which is old school West coast. But uh, it's certainly better, and they could they they all protect better. Particularly, Becton could keep his weight down and stay on the field. I was just going to say that's that's kind of the biggest thing coming out of uh, of mini camp. I know talking to people when I was in the senior bowl down in the senior bowl and in the combine was there's a lot of question marks um, and a lot of things. People I think were hoping that um, there was some miscommunication. It seems like on both sides, depending on who you talk to, you know, people and. People in the players camp feel like they, the timeline was a bit aggressive that they had, you know, the 48 week mark when he first got hurt and the jet side of things. Um, they obviously felt like he'd come back and um, the weight still seems to be an issue. Um, based on Salah's comments today, if the weight wasn't an issue at all, I think that the comment would have been, you know, they've been raving about Denzel Mims is, you know, body fat percentage and all these guys. And I know that's a lot of, a lot of stuff to kind of just play the market and kind of hype these guys up, but if the Becton weight was the way they wanted it to be, I think they would have said it as opposed to kind of dancing around it and saying, you know, he'll be fine by camp. 
a little concerning there. Um, do you have concerns about Becton or is it like, is it just, it's June and we can't get too much into it until we see him, you know, in, oh, Paris in uh, August. Absolutely. My reporting last year, I forget exactly what weight I was told. Uh, it was, it was, it was really bad. Was really I heard bad. something in the hot in the, the, the four fifteen four twenty. I don't have that. I don't, that was not confirmed, but I know he was in the 400 range, which is inexcusable. Yeah. That's, that's heavy. Man. <laughs> that's yeah. a big boy. Um, it, I, I don't know exact number, but it was it was easily 25 pounds over 20, 25 pounds over. They, in fact, when they draft the first year, they thought he was on his way. But then you look at year two and I know he had a bad injury, the, the bad ankle injury. So that, you know, that's it's still not an excuse. You got to keep your weight at a manageable level. Like I, I'll give you an example of how a guy could hold his weight. Jordan Mylotta, the Eagles left tackle. Uh, he was 402 last off, off season. He was told to get down to 375. He did it in like three weeks. He's maintained 375 to 380. If you saw him, you'd say he looks 325. I mean, he's a massive human being. I met him at the uh, at the Super Bowl. He's six foot eight. He is unbelievably <laughs> he is a, He's a big boy. Well, he's one of the most amazing stories in NFL history. <laughs> Former rugby player um, who now is one of the top seven, top five left tackles in the league. I mean, just can't make it up. But getting back to the Jets here. I'm feeling a lot better about them. Now, the one issue that I remember when we were breaking down their schedule on sports grid, I think their over under was what? Uh, like five and a half, five six. and a half. Yeah, yeah. Five and a half, six. I wanted to, I, I would take the over. I think they're going to, they're going to wind up being seven and 10. They're not going to be 500. It's just because a, the schedule's tough. Zach, we'll get to Zach Wilson, but he's just, he's just not there yet, but they, they will be able to run the ball better. They didn't have a starter last year. Michael Carter could never be a starter. The starting running back. He's a, he's a he's a change up he's explosive there's a certain type of running back he is but he's not a lead back uh if you're if you're now if you want to have him the bills offense different story that's not the kind of running they're not michael floor is not running the bills offense with with josh Allen. he's running the shanahan offense uh his version of it and, and shanahan and the shanahans his dad mike they ran the football and that's what they're going to do in new york yeah it's uh but look, at the end of the day, the Jets need to you know stay healthy all these spots. Obviously, George Fant, um, you know, is going to want his wants to get extended here this all you know this summer. Which I I think if we see an extension, it'll be something in a two. It'll be basically a glorified two year deal where it might be it's going to be two or three years tacked on to what he has now. They'll be given an opt out that way he can be a free agent again at 33, 34, and the Jets aren't locked in. Joe Douglas, the, every contract he basically gives guys is a three year deal with a two year opt out, which. Obviously, it's good business for both sides. It gives the player some flexibility, some guaranteed money. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, Michael Carter. And then, yeah, Michael Carter is the definition of a 1B back. Like, he's he a yeah. really fun, explosive player, but you, he cannot carry the ball 300 times a year. And you saw him break down last year when they tried to overuse him a little bit. Yeah, I know when he was drafted, I was like, because I, I just talking to run back coaches before that draft, I kind of kind of had an idea of who he was. We love having him on NFL radio and uh, the fantasy channel. Incredible yeah. personality. Love, love him. Really love him. Love talking to him. But uh, yeah, if you look, I looked, I happen to look at the Jets contracts before we did the show. And uh, actually there are a bunch of deals that are one-year structure on three-year deals. They're either one or two-year structure on three years. That's pretty much what they did. In fact, look, the Corey Davis contracts, perfectly a perfect example, no guaranteed money in 23. If he doesn't play well this year, they'll walk away. Yeah. It's going to have to, to earn. Ten, you don't pay players not to play well. A ten point five million in twenty three is unacceptable. If he doesn't play well, he's got to, he's got to stay on the field. 
Uh, he's more of a finesse receiver to say, despite his size. I don't know. It sounds yeah, crazy. He doesn't really play like him and Garrett Wilson kind of play the opposite. Like I feel like Garrett Wilson coming out, like is a guy who goes up and gets the football, can win jump balls and contested catches a little yeah. bit, but he's still, but he's not actually that big. Garrett Wilson's like a six foot, you know, six foot one eighty. Corey Davis yeah. is doesn't play six three, two hundred. Well, uh Corey Davis doesn't play the Z position. He can't play the X. Um, yeah. what I'm told. He uh in fact here, here I'll give you a little nugget for your for your fans out there. Corey Davis will be their Z. Moore will play all three positions, uh, the Z, the Y, and the X, if they need him to. But he's really not an X. He's just too small. Uh, Wilson could play all three, but he'll probably play two of them. But Davis is Davis is not, despite his – usually your X receiver is tall like Davis, but he's not physical enough. I remember talking to the Titans about that. They just felt that uh, he could not win against man coverage. He's much better against zone coverage. Uh, Mims, obviously, when they drafted him, I mean, good college player. Uh, I know there were some maturity issues. Uh, you hope he could he could uh, contribute because the kid's talented, and the Cager kid I know is making some noise. Uh, we'll see if he actually could contribute. But man, that receiver group on talent though, will is a lot better than it's been. Of course, you got the Swiss Army knife and Braxton Berrios as well. Yeah, Berrios is uh, Zach Wilson and Braxton Berrios is a uh, is a fun friendship. Uh, some bromances, <laughs> as uh, obviously you know we get to see a little bit of. I'm curious where you're at kind of with Zach Wilson, because it seems like depending, you know, everyone kind of seems like they're either year one was a wash. He's coming from a small school. There was not a lot of talent, hard offense to learn. And throughout year one, he'll take a huge leap this year. There's other people who are like, this is who Zach is. He's talented, but he's never going to get that good. He's going to be a turnover machine. And like the Jets are screwed. They'll probably be taking a quarterback in a year. Are you somewhere in the middle or you lean kind of one way or the other? Um, I'm in the middle. I, I knew kind of who he was when he was drafted. He's been exactly what I thought. Uh, mechanics, inconsistent. Uh, he's got athleticism. He throws the ball too hard and close. He needs to take something off of it. Ironically, I've known Joe Flacco for a long time. I remember talking to Flacco when he was drafted by Baltimore in 08. And he told me one of the biggest challenges of his career was as a young player, to so learn how to take something off the football within 10 yards, because he Joe's got an enormous arm. I'm sure you've seen that. And Wilson's got a strong arm, but he's got to understand to put better touch on the football. Overthrows, balls in the ground, mechanics, footwork, got to get better posture. There's just some things he needs to clean up. Uh, and the coaches just have to, it's just drill work. It's just, uh, that, that's just what they have to do is, is keep, uh, Calabrese has got to keep working with them. Um, and that staff, and obviously uh, Mike Lafleur, and just just keep t- keep drilling them. Go for folks who get to go to training camp, watch his feet. Starts with his feet with Wilson. I'm told that's that's his biggest issue. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great having you know having going from Sam Darnold, who's you know outside of his his ability to read defenses, it's uh, you know his feet were always an issue, and going right into Zach Wilson, whose feet are an issue, is it's always fun to continue to have follow the same problems over and over again. Um, Obviously, the AFC East will kind of go not so much just related to the last two topics here. Obviously, AFC East, there's Josh Allen, and then there's three quarterbacks who, again, are all young and have, you know, strengths, weaknesses, and depending upon, you know, obviously, Matt Jones played well last year, but obviously tapered off towards the end. I've been a – I did not like Tua coming out of college. I've been very vocal about that. There's a really heavy ball, and, like, guys don't get healthier as they get older. Um are you expecting, you know, kind of 
Tua not to take a, another leap this year? Obviously, we talked about Zach. Or are you kind of are you in the sense of like they've both you know, especially Miami could be looking for a quarterback again if they, if Tua doesn't play well. Well, as you know, they try to get Deshaun Watson, so they clearly went, <laughs> they clearly had no interest in, in at once they basically they're interested in Watson. Would that that means that the former staff admitted that the pick was a mistake. Yeah. We don't need anyone to tell us this. The fact that they try to get Watson is the proof you need. You don't need any more proof than that. So he's basically, to me, on a one-year tryout for this coaching staff started with Mike McDaniel. It's a good scheme. He'll run his version of Kyle Shanahan offense with maybe a little bit of mixture of some other stuff. But it's a West Coast scheme, which is good. By the way, it's a perfect fit for Tua. Three-step, five-step out. Uh, timing. It's a timing offense. That's what he is. He doesn't have a strong arm. Everybody knows this. And he's more of a point guard. He sees it, surveys, and gets rid of it. And this run after the catch. This is an old school run after the catch offense. This could actually work very well for him. But to me, uh, if he doesn't get it done this year, they'll be looking for another quarterback in 23. Yeah, I just just don't. I, I feel like they've invested so much. And the issue, the only thing I, I'm concerned about with Miami is I still don't love the offensive line. Um, I know Armstead's a fantastic football player. I love watching him on tape. But – he, play, he plays 12, 13 games a year. And if he misses four or five games stretch where they play, you know, Buffalo, the Jets, New England, where the, all those teams with, you know, especially, you know, where the Jets and Buffalo have built a ton in this defensive line or, you know, whoever they're going to play, you're just, you, you really risk stuff. And um, I will, you know, again, to if, what if Tua gets hurt again for, he gets hurt every year. So um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the wide receiver market is something that's super interesting right now. We've seen all off season. Um, and, you know, obviously we see Hunter Renfro get paid uh, last week. Terry McLaurin obviously is not at camp and DK Metcalf and then goes on and on. Obviously, AJ Brown got paid and traded. So um, you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. More of kind of big picture. Do you think this is a trend we'll see continue where um, teams are going to keep, you know, after three or four years, they're going to reevaluate these guys and say, is it worth it to pay them? Or is it going to be something where like the best guy or just going to be kind of like the quarterback market where just every year we're going to see, you know, the next guy well, get paid. 
I think it's I think it's individual uh, by the team. Let me go to Tennessee. So Tennessee, in my reporting on this, they had issues with his. Uh, he's had one. He's had both knees repaired. AJ Brown. One one of them, I'm told, is better than the other knee. Uh, some of the teams, and in fact, the Jets were involved. Uh, they actually called the the, uh, the the Titans leading up to the pick, leading up to the trade. They called him. I, I'm told by a pretty strong source that. Uh, the Jets did talk to the Titans on the day of the draft, but I have no idea if they offered anything. They just wanted to see what, what was going on. But the fact of the matter is, uh, now the Eagles say he's fine. That, that, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, I know there was a concern about how much guaranteed money, fully guaranteed money at signing, and average per season that the, the Titans were willing to do. They made an offer. It was well below market. In fact, the deal that he got with the Eagles is fine, but... It, it almost not, feels like an underpay still. <laughs> it, it, it's still, it, I give AJ Brown credit. He, he's a really high character guy. Uh, you know, great leader, very good football player. You're worried about the injuries. Uh, when I say injuries, it's really the, knee, the knees, one in particular more than the other. But the, the fact of the matter is, I, I just didn't get the sense from my sourcing on this that the Titans could ever get there because they, they had concerns about his knee or knees for long-term, not particularly this year or next year, but long-term. And how do you get out of that deal? So that that's the thing. Now, now if Tyree Kill, the different story is Kansas City made an offer. They thought they had a deal. Nothing was signed. And then uh, Devontae Adams' deal came out. And Tyree Kill obviously wanted more money. He wanted to beat that deal. And Drew Rosenhouse not only beat that deal, my goodness. Now, I know that I know that the Chiefs got a lot of uh, compensation in terms of draft compensation, Will. But there's no one in the league, no one in the draft could even come close to what Tyree Kill presents coverage he tilts coverage like no one else at the national football league and it's going to hurt the chiefs i have a ton of respect for andy reed but this is going to be a problem so to answer your question i think it's more situational now terry mclaurin very good player high character what is he is he a one or one a and if you're going to pay him as a one it's got to be a minimum of 25 million there's no questions asked he's got to get at least what aj brown got from philly if he doesn't, he and his agent, Buddy Baker, I just don't see why you would do a deal that's less than $25 million a year. That should be now, that is to me like the bottom of the new deals at receiver. You saw the top of it, Tyreek Hill, $30 million a year. Now you see A.J. Brown at $25 million a year. It's crazy, it's crazy the way, you know, things kind of ballooned, you know, here in the last, uh, you know, the Raiders obviously, um, you know, moving multiple picks and, and paying Devontae as, as special as Devontae is, you know, you are paying a 29, 30 year old receiver. So he wanted we'll out. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, no, he, which is, it's just so interesting, like that, the whole Green Bay situation, because it's like they kept trying to hold together and hold together. And it's like, eventually someone's going to say like, I'm not going to do this every year. Like I, I need out. Um you know, I'm interested to see what happens with, you know, DK in specific because the Seattle staff is old, um, obviously. And Pete Carroll's old. Pete Carroll's old, and Pete Carroll's not probably going to look in a rebuild. Problem is, is they have no quarterback, and the rosters, they're in a tough division where maybe they get lucky and the roster overperforms and they figure out something. But, like, realistically, that's not going to happen. And now you're just kind of, you know, DK's young enough. You can build around him if you extend him, but at the same time, is it worth trying to capitalize now? I mean, look, the Jets called, you know, the Jets were interested, it seems like, on every big receiver. And, I, you know, DK made a lot of sense from a scheme perspective, but it just didn't feel like they were never going to offer 10 for DK. And I don't think Seattle was ever going to take, you know, 35 and, and 38 for someone like that. 
Yeah, so with DK Metcalf, what I find interesting is he wants it, despite it being a run-first offense, as long as Pete Carroll is the head coach, the offense will be micromanaged. It's going to be a run. It's going to be run-based. It'll never change. Talk to anyone who's worked for him. I have talked to some offensive coaches. that You kind of know going in, well, they're going to run the football as their foundation. Geno Smith will not be the starter week one. It'll be Drew Locke. You can mark that down in pen. Drew Locke will be the starter for the Seahawks. Uh, they, they, this uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider really liked him for the 19 draft. Geno Smith is beloved by the players, and I get that. But Drew Locke, I don't listen. He's a lesser of two evils. You don't want either guy being the starter, but that's what they have to do. They they drafted Kenneth Walker. They brought back Penny for a year. Chris Carson may not play football again. He hasn't been cleared with his neck injury and his surgery. I just I, I give DK Metcalf credit for this. He he does not want to be traded. He clearly wants a new deal. Wants to be a Seahawk despite them being run first. Good for him. And it's not like, by the way, I know they like the Asperger, the second round, second round pick last year who had multiple concussions, but it's not like they have anyone to replace DK Metcalf, even if they consider trading, which they're not right now. Yeah. And that Tyler Lockett contract, I like Tyler Lockett a lot. That contract is an abomination. If you look at some of the numbers that are coming up here, it's like, that's an unmovable contract. So like, that's what makes it so difficult with some of these deals. And you look at a lot of these teams across the league where, when you invest money in all these other spots and, you know, you have a star that you can move, it's like that's the decision-making, right, of do we get capital back and try to try to retool this thing or do we kind of do we pay multiple guys at multiple spots? Um, you kind of mentioned, you know, what I was going to wrap up with, um, kind of what you feel like the Jets are going to, you know, kind of finish at. Um, I think you believe you mentioned 7 and 10. Um, if there's – I'll phrase it this way. If there's one guy outside of Zach Wilson – that can make or break them, you know, being a surprise nine-win team where they kind of tank and be a five-win team. Anyone outside of Zach Wilson, who's the one guy you're excited to either watch or think is a key to them kind of overperforming uh, expectation? Well, well, I like the draft so much. I, I f- Some of your listeners or viewers may remember I went on the Jets uh, from the combine and uh, they asked me for the Jets website, okay, what do you think? And for us, it's Sauce Garter and, and I, it'll take Joe Douglas – Four, what do they pick at number four? Yeah, number four? yeah. I'll take him 10 seconds to turn the card and trust me on this. They say, how do you know that? I'm like, because I know Joe. They're, they're not passing on. I don't care. They're trying to sell me on their, their quarterback group. I said, folks, let's be serious. The draft is about getting upgrades. Sauce Gardner is 10 times better than anyone they have a corner. They're drafting Sauce Gardner if he's there. I don't care who else is there. If he's there, they're taking him. So you start with him, right? He is super talented. He, he was their number one corner for this draft. He's a stud. I cannot wait to see him. If he, he and DJ Reed and DJ Reed switched sides a couple of years ago, he really struggled at first when he went to the other side, he really revived his career. And uh, that structure is good. That's very favorable, by the way, on his contract, had a look at the contract uh, about a day ago. But if you, if you look at sauce Gardner and he, if he plays at an elite level as a rookie, which you, it could happen and they're, they're okay at safety. They're not great, but they're okay. Their secondary is going to be much improved and they can match up. Uh, no, no doubt they're, that's the key, Will, is when, you, when, you're deep, when you have two corners who can play with Gardner and Reed, in Reed, that gives you matchups. Uh, I know they'll be mostly a zone, but you can play man when you want to play man. And you can just match up sides, if you however you want to do it. You can do it. And Sauce, when, when they play man, he can match up on anyone. Um, if they're going to play their, their, uh, their Seattle-style defense, I assume they're going to still do that and play a lot of cover three. Well, you can do that uh, however you want to do it. But he, he could cover anyone in this league. He based on the, the teams that I spoke with, Gardner was the top corner for this draft. Um, over uh, over the other kid from LSU, 
Yeah, Stingley was tough. Stingley was a tough player, but been hurt a lot. Yeah, been yeah he's been hurt a lot, and it's when you foot stuff that early. Um, usually, yeah. like you know, the lower in body it gets, obviously, it just back and foot stuff. Yep, yep. It's it's scary. <laughs> one one more thing I'm gonna add. So if Gardner plays well and Brees Hall, because the 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 Shanahan true offense is run first mentality. Hall is the best running back for the draft. Pretty certain of it. If he plays like I think he'll be he. He doesn't have to be three down back because they have Michael Carter for third down, but he can hand, he's going to handle the workload. There's not, they're not going to share very much. He's an absolute stud. I, I had a, someone in scouting tell me he's the closest guy to Jonathan Taylor that he's seen in the last couple of years. So Jet fans, you've got a big time running back and they needed one. They need a bell cow. He'll be the, their bell cow. They're really good at receiver. Their offensive line is going to be better. It's not great. I don't know if it's good enough, but it's better. So this roster is better. And let's see how Carl Lawson, by the way, comes back from his Achilles, man. I, I hope he's all the way back. I know. Carl was an absolute menace. Like watching him in camp last year was special. I heard, um, yeah. I heard. And it was, I, they had just, you know, I've said, I've dropped this before. There was days where it's like, Carl, you got to go 50% here because we need to get plays off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you know, it's a shame he obviously gets hurt, but unfortunately it's the MO with the player. It's part of why he, you know, he walked from, from Cincinnati and, um, you know, Trey Hendrickson hadn't, hasn't, uh, has had 30 sacks last two years. So not the, uh, not the worst addition for the Bengals, but make sure you are following, um, you know, Adam on Twitter, uh, Kaplan NFL, I believe on Instagram as well, Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio, um, Sports Grid, you know, Inside Birds, a million different things, um, you know. Got to hustle. Gotta super plugged in. Yeah, no, that's where you got to be. Um, obviously, we appreciate, you know, hopping on and, um, you know, we'll have to do it again and, you know, uh, you know, make sure everyone's kind of tuned into everything Adam's doing. Tell you what, we'll do it. I'll be at Jets camp, uh, usually one or two days, you know, I was there for the combined practice with Eagles last year. But I'll be there. Maybe we'll 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 yeah. Uh, we'll do we'll we'll do something. We'll do a yeah. nice uh, observation. Hopefully Zach Wilson yeah. plays well that day, so we can yeah talk well, positively. Fact, well, it's funny. It was the Lajimore had come back from some minor injury. It was the day that I was there. The two days. I think I might have been the two days. Whatever. He he put on an absolute show when I was there. So I love Elijah Moore, man. He's one of my favorite young receivers in the league. And let's go Jets. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. Connor Hughes will be joining us. Make sure you guys are uh, following Adam, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.